This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. <clears throat> I'm Larry Kudlow. So a major decision by a federal judge down in Louisiana Government officials cannot coerce social media platforms to do what the government wants them to do. This is a free speech issue in violation of the Constitution. Of course, the Biden administration is fighting back, as they always do. So we bring in Michael Schellenberger, who is a terrific investigative journalist, founder of Environmental Progress, also uh, released a big chunk of the Twitter files, uh, not too long ago. Michael, welcome back. Thank you for helping us on the TV show and the radio today. Um, tell us where this is going to lead uh, in your judgment. I mean, let, let me qualify that. This was about COVID. It was about COVID lockdowns. It was about vaccinations also. Were there, are there other issues embodied in this uh, federal court decision? Yeah, it actually covered a range of issues, including election skepticism, including COVID origins. I mean, it's important to remember that uh, Facebook censored the New York Post's op-ed suggesting that COVID came from a lab in February 2020. So this has been going on for a very long time. I personally have been censored by Facebook uh, since 2020. At issue here is when the government is threatening these social media platforms with basically no longer existing because there's something called Section 230, which protects social media companies from liability. If they don't have that, they can't operate. And so what you had is the Biden administration constantly threatening companies that it would take away that that license if they didn't cooperate. So there's a lot of very threatening behavior a lot of bullying, um, and we don't know where it's going to go. I mean, the courts have not wanted to deal with this problem because it, there is legislation there that Congress really needs to reform and clarify, but it could go to the Supreme Court. We've heard Clarence Thomas say that the social media companies should be more like utilities that are regulated utilities, um, but we are now seeing more competition uh, with a new competitor to Twitter. So mm. it's a very quickly changing situation, and it's not at all obvious how this is going to resolve itself. Michael, how did they um, censor you? I said I was censored for accurate information that they felt would lead people to the wrong conclusions. So... <laughs> I pointed out that natural disasters are actually going down because the number of people who are dying is going down and the cost is going down because our infrastructure is so much better. Mm -hmm. They said, but extreme weather, some some kinds of extreme weather are increasing, but that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. Extreme weather is not the same as a natural disaster. So they said they, they, they basically got – it was a political campaign against me and my book because they felt like I wasn't being sufficiently alarmist. 
even though I agree climate change is happening and I, I agree that something should be done about it. I've been a big advocate of natural gas and nuclear power. Mm-hmm. So they, it was a political uh, effort to censor me. We also have seen the White House has demanded more censorship by the social media companies of people who disagree on things like the value of renewables, mm. which is not even a it's not a scientific question. It's a question of the problem of having unreliable sources of energy like renewables. So this has been a lot of abuse of power. And I would say too, Larry, just I think it's important for people to know. I mean, there's abu- we see abuses of power in many of our institutions right now, including the FBI, including an NIH, which led a disinformation campaign to claim that somehow the idea that COVID might have come from a lab was a conspiracy theory. It was never a conspiracy theory. It was always a very, very probable. In fact, Fauci's own scientist said the most likely scenario for COVID. So we're just seeing this really terrible abuse of power where all, all governments and politicians want to control the narrative. They want to do propaganda, but they went so far in basically demanding that their, that their opponents not be allowed to speak. You know, one person that totally agreed with you on the natural disaster stuff, I'm sure you know this, is Bjorn Lomborg. Oh, sure. We're, you, we, we're, we know, we've known each other for years, of course. Yeah. I mean, he said the same thing. He wrote articles about it. He, you know, put up uh, graphs and charts about it. But a lot of these guys, uh, a lot of the scientists uh, who disagreed on COVID, I think were more right than wrong. I mean, well, of course, and not only that, but you have to have people. This is the other dangerous thing. And this is a very old trick is you say, oh, no, 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 it's an emergency. So therefore, we can't have free speech. Well, no, because in order to deal with a crisis like covid, you needed free speech. You needed debate, particularly since remember what happened. We had a strategy called focused protection, where you basically protect the vulnerable, the elderly, the people that could be sickened. Not, you don't lock down the whole society. That was never the plan. Well, instead they locked down the whole society. It was the scientists who said we should do what we have been planning to do for years, focus protection. They were censored. Mm-hmm. So it was actually the mainstream, the people that were articulating the mainstream view. And Fauci and Collins, it was actually Collins, his boss, Francis Collins at NIH, mm-hmm. who said, we have to immediately debunk these fringe epidemiologists. These were scientists from Harvard and Stanford. Mm-hmm. So this is a totally political operation designed to, and in that case, perhaps, we, we can't prove it, but it looks like a cover-up by people who very well may have caused the pandemic in the first place. Um, didn't the... Uh didn't the government try to censor people on the Hunter Biden laptop? Didn't they threaten social media on that? Well, Larry, this is the, one of the most interesting examples. So they did. They, they, the FBI, former head of FBI general counsel, the former top lawyer to the FBI, had gone to Twitter. He was the guy who had made the strongest case to censor the Hunter Biden story in the New York Post inside of Twitter. That was one of the stories I, I reported on. He got he it, the the Hunter Biden laptop story in the New York Post had not violated Twitter's terms of service. Hmm. They argued that so they they said it doesn't matter we should censor it anyway. But honestly, it was the censorship the censorship was eventually lifted, but the censorship 
contributed to the perception among many people, including myself, I was a Democrat at the time, I'm an independent now, but it contributed to the sense that there was something wrong with the story, Hmm. that that the New York Times, or the New York Post, rather, had manipulated it, or maybe the Russians were involved somehow. That was the perception. Of course, it turned out that the New York Post article was, was accurate, and that there was no additional exaggeration. The New York Post actually did a great job. The New York Post should have gotten a, a Pulitzer for this. Mm. And the um, FBI had this stuff a year earlier, before the yes. Post put it out. Yeah, I mean, they knew, they knew they had this stuff. I love, the, I love the Russian disinformation on the Hunter Biden laptop. That's just fabulous uh, stuff. But, you know, this COVID stuff, uh, I mean, I think, doesn't a lot of the evidence now show that the COVID lockdown did much more harm than good? Of course. I mean, this is, it's a very strange, when you look back on it, it's very strange because the people that had done all the planning for years and years, you know, there's one of the things you sometimes heard, oh, we weren't, we didn't prepare. We were prepared. Mm. What happened is the politicians did something completely different than what this, what the, the planning had shown they should do for a, a new a new virus like that, particularly one that 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 really impacted the elderly and people that had pre-existing conditions, mm. it did not affect children. Mm. I mean, just van- like if you your, your kids were at far more risk of many other things than COVID. And college and so, kids too. Yeah, and college kids too. So, so I mean, we really ended up punishing young people. They ended up losing, you know, the thirteen, you know, the thirteen-year-olds you know, are showing, are, are definitely at least a year behind in math. Mm. It's been terrible for the kids. It's worse for the poor kids, of course. It's worse mm. for children, you know, for minority kids. Yeah. So it's really quite terrible. And you would also, you know, but so it's a, an abuse of power. That's the way to understand it. It's abuse of power. There hasn't been, we need a 9-11 style bipartisan commission on that. Michael Schellenberger, are you, can people get you on Substack? Substack, yeah, it's called Public. It's a Substack publication. Terrific stuff. Michael Schellenberger, thank you ever so much. Folks, we're going to take a break. Other side of the break, we're going to do some stock market work. Larry Kudlow. 